Hello, everyone. I welcome you to The Butterfly Effect, a mental health podcast to help you navigate through adversity and begin your transformative journey to healing mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. From anxiety to domestic violence, this podcast will discuss a wide range of mental health topics, hearing real people discuss their raw experiences. Because this podcast touches on sensitive topics, listener discretion is advised, and the information that is provided is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing any mental health symptoms while listening, I encourage you to contact somebody that you trust or a mental health provider in your community. So, without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Butterfly Effect podcast. My name is Queen Shimoniak, and I welcome you to this week's episode. I hope all of you guys had an amazing week and you enjoyed my previous episode featuring my good friend Delmar as we discussed all things pertaining to divorce. So in this week's episode, I have brought on a very special and beautiful friend of mine. His name is Conrad, and he is here to discuss with you guys some amazing um, words of wisdom and just let you all in on some of the experiences that he has gone through in order to make him the person that he is today. So without further ado, let's get started. Awesome. Thank you, Queenie. You know, I just want to say thank you for what you're doing because mental health is so important for people, especially in the traumatic year that we've had. Look like a blockbuster movie that went horribly wrong and everyone's going through pain. Some of some people are living by themselves in apartments. Some people are going through things with people they don't want to be with but are stuck with. And so there's just a lot of challenges through the years and, and through last year and I think now more than ever, people need to hear what's what's being shared so that they know they're not going through it alone. So I appreciate what you're doing, first of all, and I appreciate that you're creating this community where people can heal and learn and listen and share and uh, get, uh, get a sense of belonging, you know? Uh, so my name is Conrad Alagaban. I'm a business consultant and a financial planner. And for uh, my life, um, I've come from Philippines. My parents are Filipinos, both of them. We, uh, I, I was luckily born in Guam, so that's close enough to the U.S., the closest they could get to the U.S., an island in the middle of nowhere, uh, so that I could become a U.S. citizen when I was born. And then we immigrated to uh, Dallas, Texas, right before my high school years. And so I got to grow up here in the uh, mainland United States. I went to college. Um, and uh, got a real passion for uh, building business, uh, helping people out uh, by seeing uh, thousands and thousands of families in their living rooms uh, and talking to them about what they're going through, what's important for them. Uh, so I, I got this passion for service and helping others. And um, that got me into helping people build their companies and also figure out things financially, because I think one of the biggest challenges right now is we all kind of suck with money. Everybody knows how to make it. Everybody knows how to uh, spend it. But growing it and saving it, those are two challenges that mm-hmm. I want to 
example with the average person. So, um, so through my uh, experience as an entrepreneur, there's so many like health challenges, uh, mental health challenges and health, physical health challenges that uh, I had to overcome. And I know that so many young people and older people are going through the same things as, uh, as they're uh, thinking about like, how do I go and live a life and financially succeed? And mm -hmm. so, um, so uh, those, are, uh, those are big important uh, topics uh, that uh, are big for me that I think about when it comes to like mental health. Yeah, I love that introduction. I, I had no idea that you like were born in Guam and everything like that. I think that's super interesting. Um, Are, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. A lot of people think were. <laughs> really? Oh my God. You're not the only person that thinks I'm like part Asian or like Filipina and nope, not at all. <laughs> I'm like fooling people. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. You got the face then that's good you can go yeah to i do and you people know. walk up to you and just talk <laughs> that's true it, it's like i'll be in the grocery store and someone will stop me and like spark up a conversation because i think i just have like that baby approachable face i suppose but um knowing that like you come from like you know a filipino family like a minority family how did you view like because I'm sure your parents went through like a level of like displacement from, you know, their homeland to coming to like a different place and then constantly transitioning to seek a, what I would assume to be like a quote unquote better life. How did you how were how did you transition? Like, how did you kind of like identify where you were culturally with what was going on around you and how were you able to progress? And that's a great question, because one of the biggest issues right now that in the Asian community people are facing is uh, mental health issues that are uh, deeply rooted in uh, the culture clash of uh, being a uh, society that focuses on the whole, not the individual. Mm -hmm. And then um, coming to America and integrating with a system that is all for the individual and never thinking about the whole. Uh, or not prioritizing the whole. So uh, as a Filipino uh, American, and I'm sure many other Asian Americans can agree, uh, the family comes first and uh, everything we do is for the family. Like my parents and my, both my dad and my mom sacrificed everything so that my brother and my sister and I could have like the best education possible. So this is where you get the term like tiger mom. You're like, why are mm -hmm. Why are parents so crazy? Like the Asian standard is A is okay. B is <laughs> okay. okay, B, F. So I remember I was sitting, uh, I got an 89, like A, 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 I got an 89 and my dad's sitting me down to have a serious talk, right? Because in most right. households, they'd go out, oh, look, my kid. Like, got congratulations, you got a, you got a yeah, B, yeah. you passed. My dad's going to sit down with me for a serious talk. And the serious talk is because the 89, not the A's. It was like, oh, expected. He's like, why'd you get this? I'm like, dad, that's like the third highest grade in the class. The teacher literally doesn't give out A's. He gave it to two people. And they're the smartest kids in class. I just work hard. And mm -hmm. he had a really big time. And the, and the crazy thing, the mental thing there is that in most 
emotional conversation I get with my parents is when I did something wrong. There's no like emotional support or emotional backing for good things that we did. You know, it's just like expected that you cared for each other, you took care of each other. So like, you know how they say in the five love languages, um, we've identified like how people show affection and how people get affection. Well, there's a lot of things I missed out on because I didn't understand my parents' way of showing affection. Right. right. The, the parent, uh, the Asian community's parents' way of showing affection is they pay for everything and took care of you. You're alive. That's it. <laughs> yeah. It's like a completely different like aspect of what it means to receive something that's not perceived as love. It's almost in the American. And I love the fact that you mentioned the difference between a collectivistic culture and an individualistic culture, because when you're in the collective, you're thinking for the whole and you're thinking of survival for the whole and everything that you do is not it's not from your own works. It's not from your own efforts. It's the efforts of everybody that backed you. And I feel like when you're in, when you're now placed in a culture that cares so wholly on yourself, that idea of like, like being independent and it comes off like in a sense of like selfishness instead of selflessness, it then comes to like when parents are trying to show love, especially in like the Asian culture, it's very different because it's like, well, I worked really hard. I did all these things for you. I'm doing all this for the whole. And at the end of the day, you still not only feel like there's a disconnect, but you also feel as though you can never truly be good enough because your parents see a different idea of what it means to work hard as opposed to someone else that is growing up in a different like environment and a different and being influenced by different things where they're trying to like there's just a gap between like the ways of thinking and like that mindset. And you know what? Now that I'm like an adult, we get to appreciate what our parents did for us, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, but uh, it sucks that I had to get to like 24, 25, 26 to look back and think, oh, wow, look at all the things I'm blessed with today. Because a couple things, my parents stayed together. They're not one of the divorced families in America. Uh, two, they literally paid for everything uh, for me to go through school and get extra benefits. Uh, and three, uh, I was shielded from all the other things other kids had to go through because they were so protective of my growth as a, as, as a professional in the future. But so the sad thing is there's no emotional support, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I felt anyways, even though they gave a lot of love. And then now I see it as a grown man. I know it was a, we grew up in a loving household, uh, even though brothers, siblings uh, fight and parents and kids fight. Mm-hmm. Still grew up in a loving, supportive household, right? So if, if I could go back and change something, it would be helping young people understand like the love language of their parents, right? So that there's, yeah. a, there's a cultural understanding of mm-hmm. generational thinking like hey this is the first generation to the second generation and this is their culture and this is the culture you're growing up now and so uh, i've actually given talks at uh, asian conferences for the happy middle like balancing yeah. the collective mindset and still providing and serving the whole while actually being your individualistic self mm-hmm. and i think um, being able to find that happy middle is a good place to be in 
being able to live here in America. And I, I think a lot of people don't account for it. They they either put one as bad and one as good. Yeah. Like taking either the Asian culture over the American culture or the American culture over the Asian culture, where I think uh, it's more important to find like what makes what makes the two meeting in the middle like really powerful for you as an individual. And so that's the message that I want to give to anybody who's feeling that culture clash of the their old generation and the new generation. Yeah, I definitely agree because we have something similar in the black community, except it's like you're either needing to grasp onto the fact that you're black or you're becoming too white and having to balance that type of cultural aspect of like, like succumbing to like what is going on and oh you're losing touch of your identity and there's this very interesting concept in anthropology and I don't know if you've heard of it but it's called social death so essentially when you are when someone from a collectivistic culture decides to like from the outside looking in moving into like understanding their own individual self and establishing their identity they could potentially do something where it shuns them out of their community and then they feel isolated and they feel a sense of abandonment because they are no longer a part of the group because the group has pushed them out because they did something that pushed them out of that group. And I think it could be very hard for a lot of people where they're trying to establish who they are and their personality and the type of mark they want to make on the world without feeling that sense of guilt by looking back like, oh, but my parents did this for me and they came from that. So how do you, how did first, how did you understand like what it means to emotionally get the validation that you needed as an adult? And how do you deal, how do you communicate with other people on how to deal with maybe that sense of guilt that they are moving away from helping the group and starting to work on themselves? I think that's a very good uh, thing to identify is the different perspectives of what what people see you as and then how you see yourself and then how you think others perceive you. There's there's many different perceptions there. And I fortunately went through a lot of personal development courses. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Landmark. It's a phenomenal uh, mental development uh, program and that allows you to look at the way you think. And so when you're able to understand how you're thinking, that's a that's a part of self-awareness that brings you to a whole nother level of being able to develop mentally uh, what you're trying to accomplish in the world. There's, a, there's only a few things we're armed with. And unfortunately, like being able to manage your your thoughts, your mental uh, your mental capabilities is not one of those things that we teach, but we should. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, so when I'm thinking about. Um, myself, my, my own self-awareness and personal growth journey. Uh, I, I realized that uh, th- there was how I perceived myself and how others perceived me, uh, irregardless of the actions that we took. And when I came to understand uh, that people's realities are really influenced by their past Mm-hmm. and who they are and the people around them, their surroundings, it made me come to realize that there are shifting perspectives. And if we can understand that, we can create the narrative for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So being able to create the narrative for who I want to be in life and what I want to do in my life is, is something very, very important for me. 
And I, I, I how, how do you like pin it to like, what do you call success in that journey, right? It's right. that I can look at myself and I can say yeah. that I'm proud of the man that I'm becoming. And here's a goal of the man that I'm, I want to become like the, the kind of brother, the kind of father, business associate, uh, son, um, friend, anything, any relationship that I have, who am I to that person? Mm-hmm. How, how am I being? And if I'm in alignment in my thoughts and my actions and my words across the board, then I'm becoming a better ber- version of myself at any given point in time. And that, that lends to all areas of life. And it allows me to be able to manage expectations of socially acceptable and at the same time uh, be able to manage uh, innovating in areas and fields that need innovation and change so that I can be the bridge between uh, the people that are old school and they're only thinking one way and the kids uh, of the new next generation, like Generation Alpha that's coming up, anybody born after 2010, like they grew up with like a cell phone in their hand. So they're not going to think the way that people who never had a cell phone in their hand growing up think. It, their minds are different. So being able to uh, identify that you have to be a conduit for what the past is and what's good in the past and what, what continues like humanity forward that is great about us, like our loving culture, our, our friendships, relationships. And then uh, improvements in humanities, like the technologies, things of that nature. While understanding, while understanding that innovation comes with change, that's painful. That yeah. if, if a change happens, you need to understand what are you replacing because it may not be better. And if you are replacing, uh, if you are replacing an entire program, an entire system, uh, how are you going to teach people to onboard and join you and do it with you and participate? So at any given time in society, there's always going to be three different areas that people are living in. They're, they're living in the, uh, we're all living in the old, this is how it's done. It's conservative, very structural. The in-between, say. said, I think the one thing about, that I think is very beautiful about when we do go through our experiences, whether they are deemed to be traumatic or not, is that there presents this new, this idea, idea of the fact that things can change and you are allowed to have them change for the better whether and that change is up to you yes life has um a contributing factor to it and there comes a time where you will be triggered and pushed to do changes whether you like it or not but there's also opportunities where you have to go with it and you have to say okay what do I want the narrative to be based on the situation that I just endured and sometimes it's not always an immediate thing I mean like you mentioned like the generation that is growing up right now and the things that they are seeing is very drastically different than the things that we saw and at the end of the day, we're both going to come out with different perspectives to view similar situations or similar intensities of situations or experiences. But I think that that's what makes just people in general very unique because we can be born in the same generation and come out with very different lessons and different ways of thinking. But at the same time, we still have a way of connecting. And I think that regardless of any relationship that we make along the way, that aspect of being able to connect with somebody and being able to communicate what you've gone through and being able to 
progress and change is a beautiful aspect of like human life and just being able to look back, have that like reflection moment where you can appreciate your experiences. You can appreciate the things that your parents have done. You can appreciate like how far it took you to be where you are right now. And I think that that's something that's very overshadowed, especially when it comes to the healing process. Cause I talk about a lot on my process that yes, mental health is on a spectrum. Your experiences are on a spectrum. You have your own unique triggers, your own unique way of like viewing things. But at the same time, it is a journey and you are on this path. And regardless of who is walking with you for a certain duration of that path and or things kind of steer off in a different way, at some point, you will be able to truly stop, look back in the past and not dwell in it. And you're not like sitting there. You're able to reflect and learn from your past to understand your present, to move towards a better future. And I think that that's like the most important and beautiful aspect about change itself. But what is one, I have a question for you. What is one experience that really put everything in perspective to you to help you propel to where you are right now? I think the most important idea uh, that drives me in all the things that I do is that thoughts are things. And so this is a mental health podcast, thinking about uh, improving our minds, uh, healing our minds, and uh, understanding our minds. When we say thoughts are things, it's projecting things into the future of what will become because of what we're thinking about. And so understanding that thoughts are things, I am careful to choose my words when I say them. Uh, I I work to be in alignment with what I do and what I think and what I feel. And I'm going to say that uh, most of the time they're not in alignment. It's like a struggle to be in alignment with myself. There's feelings that I have, even though uh, I'm, uh, I may not want those feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like fears, yeah. anxieties, all those things, struggles. So when we're looking at like other people and what they're going through, everyone, every single person in the world is going through very, uh, very similar emotional experiences. They might just be from different events, but we all feel the same. You know, we're all human. So the emotions are all the same. Maybe the situations are all different. But understanding uh, understanding that uh, to be able to be in charge and be empowered instead of being a victim of your circumstance, uh, the thought process for me is to think about the outcome that I would like, and wow. then uh, and then take and then understand the actions that it needs to take for me to get there, regardless of my emotions. Mm-hmm. Where most people move with emotion first because they say, oh, I just go with the flow with my, how I feel. The challenge is then your emotion drives you in the decisions that you make, and they may only be short term. Mm-hmm. So for me, the happy middle is, uh, is to be able to follow my passions and my intuitions. And regardless of how I'm feeling in the moment, know that the goal that I want is where I actually want to be. So that way I can take the actions towards that goal of that better self or that better person. Um, And that will allow me to succeed 
in any area of my life, especially now my big focus is business, but also mm -hmm. I want my relationships to be good. Um, I want my uh, family to be good. Uh, I want um, to enjoy life, not just mm -hmm. be wealthy, right? So all of those things come from the simple mindset of uh, thoughts are things. And yeah. it's something that I can control rather than be a victim of. Definitely. So do you feel like intuition is kind of like that middle ground between your emotions and logic? Yeah, uh, that's a great way to put it. And I haven't thought about that perspective, but that's a really nice way to say that uh, your body intuitively knows uh, the universe. It's, uh, it's, it's operating at a different level because your thinking is only a representation and only a piece of what your body knows and understands. Mm -hmm. Feels and it's connected to the earth because we're physical beings. So the answer is, uh, yeah, I believe that uh, that's a great way to put it, that your intuition, no matter how much you think, uh, is, is just the happy middle. Yeah, I think so too, because I feel like, of course, you can act on the impulses of your emotions, but I feel as though like intuition and your emotions is like intuition is logic but it's also it's an emotional logic like it incorporates both in order to make the best sound decision because your like your gut feeling is that other that other brain it's that other like like i feel like our body is truly like vessels that not only hold like the responses of our experiences but it takes into account of how that experience changed us and what we should be aware of because there are things that are happening in our bodies that are protecting us that we're not truly aware of until our mind starts to process it and starts putting it in these little files as this is safe this is not safe this is how we want to view this situation and sometimes you have to really go back and unpack those things purposely because some things that we have told ourselves as a coping mechanism for like denial or feelings of guilt or anger or even anxiety and fear you have to go back and say well I can't keep victimizing myself and I think that's one thing about victimization that a lot of people really don't understand when it comes to trauma because yes you were a victim but you are not still a victim and the reason why you're not still a victim is because you have to take yourself out of that mindset that what is happened what had happened is no like it's no longer happening. And I think it just takes a really long time to really face that because our mind still wants to replay what it feels as though it's what's familiar. So with that being said, I mean, how, how do you feel like your intuition helps you with the goals that you currently have right now? And how do you think it's going to continue to help you? Um, I really, uh, I really like, uh, what you're pointing out there in terms of uh, how people are moved. Intuition definitely leads me in the emotions uh, um, that I have towards uh, the goals that I have. If I'm feeling that maybe this is not the journey or the path that I should take, uh, I really take time to make a decision. I don't want to take an emotional decision, and that's one where uh, I'm really happy, and so I just say yes to everything or I'm really, really sad or angry, and then uh, I, I disavow and throw everything I'm working on away. 
So uh, that happy middle, uh, that intuition is the feeling that allows me to say, uh, okay, I can go fast with this or I can go slow. Um, and typically intuition allows me to move a lot more quickly. The, the biggest challenge though, is when you get that gut feeling and everything you're saying says, everything you're feeling says no, but in your head, you're just thinking, yes, 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 yeah. yes. The wrong time to say yes <laughs> or to do what you're thinking you should do. Yeah. Right. And nine times out of 10, your intuition is always correct. But I feel like as people, we want to see like a physical sign that what we to validate and justify what we feel because feelings are not something that we can like, yes, you can see someone feeling sad or feeling angry, but you don't really know the intensity of what that is because it's so in it's internal and it's things that you just really can't understand and intuition is kind of like that where you feel these strong emotions and yes you could maybe have an, an expression on your face that says like mm, this doesn't seem right or maybe I should go down that path and we keep looking for physical signs and at the end of the day like things will present itself where it's like see I knew I was right I knew this was gonna happen <laughs> and it's like you know it's like constantly having those aha moments but did you was there a moment in time where you felt like the path that you're going down was the right path for you and if so how did life present itself that what you were doing was was like meant for you I think in because of my service oriented nature I think in everything that I do if if the people around me are happy uh and the services uh and the help that I provide uh leads to um happy conclusions or mm -hmm. people in good spaces, then I know I'm doing, uh, I'm doing right. Because the thing is, I'm thinking as a business guy, uh, both in finance and in business, I'm thinking about the legacy that I'm going to be leave behind. Mm -hmm. And the only true legacy that we can leave behind is what people, actions people take, thoughts that people take uh, that are uh, uh, a reflection or um, a reaction to you, right? Mm -hmm. So a hundred years from now, 200 years from now, the decisions that people make are all going to be decided on reactions from things that are happening today, like this minute, they say the butterfly effect, right? So this is, this is the butterfly effect of you. So in every action that I take, the answer is, is this good for both me and the other person, mm -hmm. right? And that's a very simple way of managing like whether or not this is this is the right path. And so if those are my constant validations, keep going in that direction. Right. I love that. And you use like the play of words of my podcast, which ends up like that's why I named it the butterfly effect, because it's the small little things that you do that end up making a very big impact, whether it's right away or in the future, regardless, there's going to be a big change. And that transformation change is going to happen because it's divinely meant to happen because of that small little thing you planted, that small little seed that's finally going to grow and it's going to just flourish in its own way. So I have one more question for you. And that is if there's something that you can reflect on from your past like your inner that small little inner inner child regardless of how old 
you know, little Conrad was, what is something that you would say to him? And then what is something that you feel like your future self is telling you right now? Oh man, that's a great question. That's phenomenal. So I, I would go back because I think the biggest traumas of my past was uh, my emotional uh, lack that I felt from my parents. And so I, I'd go back to the little guy and I'd say uh, to little Conrad that your parents love you and they want you to succeed and they're rooting for you. They're not holding you back. Mm-hmm. I think that's that, that's what I would tell mini me. Oh, and then what do you think your future self is telling you now? <laughs> I think I think he's saying it's okay because there's a lot of times when right now all the goals that I have, I mean everything's painful. Like every step, every journey towards greatness is painful because there's a lot of things you have to leave behind and overcome. And the only way to get to the next bigger thing that you want to accomplish is to have the skills and abilities to accomplish them so that you can overcome the same amount of big challenges and problems, like bigger, bigger problems, bigger headaches, bigger challenges, bigger everything. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, Before I end everything, is there anything that you want to say to my lovely audience out there? Any words of advice for them? Whether they're starting a business or wanting to like, you know, become their own boss or feel a little lost in their own, like their own journey. Like what is something that you would say to them? I'd say, first of all, if you're listening to this podcast, that's that's a very good step in the direction of self-awareness for yourself, because I'm pretty sure uh, you're getting a lot out of this as I'm getting a lot of validation for the things that I've shared and the reflection of uh, what you're responding to me with. Uh, Queenie. So um, to to all you guys listening in, uh, I wish you the very best in what you do. If it's coming from uh, your heart uh, and, and if it's thinking about uh, putting yourself in a good space and putting the others around you in a good space, follow that direction. But if it feels like you're going to have to choose whether you're in a good space or someone else is in a good space, I'm, I'm going to tell you there's probably a better solution than the one you're thinking of right now. And, um, and I, I wish you uh, the very, very best that you're, that you feel the love from the people around you, that you get the help that you need, uh, that you're able to help others and empower others, and that you're thinking from a space of empowerment, not, and not from a space of lack and, and uh, negativity. And so if you find yourself in that space while you're listening to this podcast, then reach out to the friend or people that you know love you to be able to give you uh, that energy, like the good energy. Well, thank you so much for that. I really appreciate you like having you on here talking to like me and just having this conversation and being able to like open yourself up and be vulnerable to talk to my audience because I mean, talking about your experiences with with some with like someone that you know is one thing, but like really putting yourself out there and just sharing like your wisdom with lots of people from all different walks of life and different parts of the world. I really do appreciate you. And I thank you for that. Awesome, Queenie. I really appreciate everything you're doing. And I hope a lot, a lot of people can get to listen in on this. So if you're listening in, please share Queenie's page and all the things that she's doing. And I wish you the very best of luck.
All right, everyone, that is the end of this week's episode. I hope all of you guys enjoyed it. I love talking to Conrad. I feel like I can always just delve into so many deep topics with him, and we can honestly talk for hours. And it was such a pleasure having him on this week's episode and just chatting with all of you guys. So I really would truly appreciate it if you follow him and just keep up with him because he's someone that is super amazing and someone that's always open to giving people advice, whether it has to do with business or with life. He's just an amazing person. So all of his social media is in the description box below. But also, guys, if you would love to keep up with me and keep up with the guests that I bring on and even would love to learn more about the topics that I cover you can follow me at the butterfly effect podcast underscore on Instagram and if you have any questions or would even love to be a guest on one of my episodes you can always email me at the butterfly effect pdct at gmail.com also guys i do have a cash app so if you would love to contribute a little something to help for future episodes that would be greatly appreciated i love you guys very much and i just hope that you have a wonderful weekend and you have a beautiful valentine's day sending lots of love to all of you out there whether you're in a relationship or you're single know that you are It's so loved, and I'm sending a huge hug from Texas to you. So I'll see you on the next episode, guys.